Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Jar. My name is Chris, and we're so glad you chose to hang out with us today. Uh, this morning, I want to open up with just a little uh, illustration uh, that uh, I think is kind of cool. My mom, uh, Zamora Bunch, who is uh, 84 years old, uh, is an amazing artist. And for years and years, uh, she has created all different kinds of artwork, and um, it's really cool. She's awesome with paint and putting it on a canvas. And so oil painting's kind of her discipline, and she loves to do this. And for years, she has been an artist, but one thing she had no clue about whatsoever was making frames. And so um, she reached out to a guy to help her make some frames. I think we have a picture of him here. And that is my dad, uh, John, and he is a little sketchy, as you can see by the picture. And uh, for years and years, my mom would make many different paintings And then my uh, dad would use our garage as kind of his framing workshop. And he would make all of these frames uh, for her. And they kind of became a team that way. They still do it even kind of in their 80s. Now, this morning, I'm not going to talk to you about how to create frames. But I am going to talk to you about reframing. Okay, so if you would, I'd like you to turn to the person beside you. And for those of you on the stream, you can just say it out loud. But I'd like you to turn to the person beside you up in the balcony as well. And uh, that you would simply say, we're going to do some reframing. Okay, so go ahead. Tell the person beside you real quick. Okay, we're going to do some reframing. Now, this concept of reframing is your first kind of fill in the blank. Uh, either in the program or on the app, and here it is. Reframing is simply creating a different way of looking at a situation or a person or a relationship by changing its meaning. Reframing is simply creating a different way of looking at a situation, a person, or a relationship by changing its meaning. Uh Let me kind of give you a story to illustrate this a little bit. Uh, The story goes like this. There was a little boy, and he decided that he loved baseball. And in his mind, he said, I am the greatest batter. I am the greatest hitter of all time. And so he goes to his backyard. He picks up his bat, picks up a ball, throws it up in the air, swings it as hard as he can, and he misses. And he's like, well, everybody misses every once in a while, and so it's no big deal. I'll just do it again. So he takes his bat, picks up the ball, throws it up in the air, swings as hard as he can, misses it a second time. He says, I'm still the greatest hitter of all times. Finally, he takes the third try, picks up the ball, takes his bat, throws it up in the air, swings again, misses it all together when he says, wow, I just figured out something. I am the greatest pitcher of all time. And I just struck out the greatest hitter of all time. I'm just great at everything. Now, folks, reframing is simply changing the way that we 
look at something by changing its meaning. We look at it different by changing its meaning. In psychological circles, it might be called perceptual accentuation or cognitive restructuring. Or if you're simple-minded like me, it's just thinking different. Okay? Thinking, not with the G on the end, okay? Just thinking different. We're just going to think different. Now, let me illustrate it to you this way. Um, let's say you wake up in the morning and you have to ask the question, what kind of day am I going to have? Am I going to have a good day? Am I going to have an average day? Am I going to have a pathetic day? What kind of day are you going to have? Well, it is all dependent upon how you frame it. And unfortunately, for some of us and some of you, you have negative, you have a negative framework. You have a kind of negative thought process. And you wake up in the morning and you're like, it's going to be a bad day because every day is a bad day and things don't go the way that I want and work's not going to be so great and these people drive me crazy and they're a pain in the you know what and God doesn't care and you know, I just fail all the time and you wake up with that kind of thinking because you framed your day like that. Now, You also could wake up in the morning and you could say, today is going to be a good day. It's going to be a great day because God is with me. God is for me. There's nothing that happens today that God and I can't handle together. It's going to be an amazing day. And you can frame it that way. The people that I work with are good people. They have good things to be able to share. It's going to be a good day. Day. It all depends, though, upon how you frame it. Is it the circumstances or is it the way that I perceive it in my head? And this kind of leads us to our big idea this morning, and it's your next fill-in, and it's this. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. Maybe nobody uh, in the history of human existence understood how to kind of work at this whole concept of reframing more than a guy by the name of Paul, who was uh, a person that was one of Jesus's closest followers. He uh, wrote close to half of the New Testament, and he is just considered a person who really knew how to reframe his situation. Now, if you know anything about Paul's story, what you know is that his greatest desire was to be able to go to Rome and to teach and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, he did get to go to Rome, but not to necessarily preach and teach the good news, but he went as a prisoner. He was arrested, he was taken on a ship, and he was placed on house arrest where he was connected to other 
uh, Roman soldiers as a prisoner for 24 hours every single day. And he was waiting to be executed. Folks, what Paul wanted was not what happened. So, how did he frame his situation? You know, some of you right now are there. You look at your life right now and you thought to yourself, well, if I just do this and this and this, I'll get this particular job and everything will be great. Well, you did this and this and this, and you did not get that job. And you're asking yourself, God, where are you? Others of you said, I'm going to marry my sweetheart and everything's going to be great. And you married your sweetheart and everything went bad and everything went south. And you're like, God, where are you? For others of you, you thought at this age that I'm at right now, that at this particular age, I figured that I was going to be here and I was going to be doing this. And now I'm here and I'm doing that. And I'm asking myself, God, where are you? You know, the truth is, folks, that's exactly where Paul was at. He said, this is what I want, but this is what is happening. I wanted to go to Rome to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, but now I find myself in prison, chained to Roman guards 24 hours every day. What kind of day are you going to have? Folks, you determine what that is. You determine what happens to you by how you choose to frame it. Now, in Paul's situation, he could have easily turned his whole kind of focus to a translation of the Bible called the NWV. Have you ever heard it before? It's the NWV. It's called the New Winer's Version. Okay? Now, the New Winer's Version. If those of you who are new to the faith, don't look it up. It doesn't exist. Okay? But... Paul could have turned to the new whiner's version. I'm in jail, I'm in prison, and this is what I think about my circumstances. He could have said something like this. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me really stinks. That's what he could have said. As a result of the hell that I've been through, I'm quitting my small group and I'm never going back to church again. That's what he could have said. Because he's in jail, he's in prison, it's bad. It's only going to get worse in his mind. Maybe he could have thought that way. But instead, in Philippians chapter 1, he looks at it differently. Even though he's still in prison, he reframes his whole perspective, and this is what he says. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me... And Paul had a lot happen to him. He had been beaten. He had been shipwrecked. He was in prison now. He looks at his frame differently, though. And he says, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear to the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. You see, everyone else was like, man, this is not good. This is bad, Paul. And Paul says, I'm going to actually reframe it. You see, I'm chained to these Roman guards for 24 hours a day. They think, though, that I'm the prisoner. 
But I'm not the prisoner. They are. Because they have to stay stuck with me this whole time. And I get to tell them every single day about the good news of Jesus Christ. And because these are Roman soldiers, they have influence in Rome. And I think what's going to happen is as I share Jesus with them, I'm going to affect them. Then we're going to affect the palace and then we're going to affect the city. And eventually we're going to affect the entire country and the world because I choose to reframe my situation in a different way. Folks, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. And that's what Paul did. He said, the situation I'm in to the outside world looks bad, but the reality is I have a good God and what I'm going to do is going to allow me to advance the kingdom of God in a greater way. And it all is dependent upon how I reframe it. So, what do you think? What can happen for you? Well, what you need to know is that the verse actually goes on and Paul says this. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare to proclaim the gospel without fear. He said the impact I'm going to have is not just with me, but now I'm affecting all of the other Christians, many of them who are in prison as well. We're going to have a huge impact because I'm helping them to see and to reframe things in a different way. It's going to look different. Again, people were telling Paul, Paul, this is bad. This is like really, really bad. It is bad what you're experiencing. This is bad stuff. And Paul says, well, this circumstance might be bad, but I have a good God and I'm going to continue to see the goodness of God and I'm going to reframe it differently. Folks, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. The choice is always up to you. Now, for the rest of our time, what I simply want to do is give you kind of Three practical ways of how you can reframe your story and your relationships with some perspective. I mean, it's very easy for us to always go to our default of being negative or critical when situations don't go the way that we want them to. And so I want to give these to you. I'm working on these as well. I have not arrived. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. And so here's the first tool that you can use to help you with reframing. And it's this. I can thank God for what didn't happen. I can actually thank God for what didn't happen. Maybe something bad really did happen. But the reality is it could have been a lot worse. Right? Like something bad could have happened, but it could have been a lot worse. So I can thank God for what didn't happen. Let me give you an example. There's a story about a girl who actually comes back from college 
And on her way home, she calls her parents and she says, Mom and Dad, I've got a very serious conversation that I need to have with you. And so when she gets home, they sit in the living room and she's like, uh, Mom and Dad, I got some tough news. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. She goes, about a month ago, I went to a bar, I got drunk, I went home with this guy, and we did you know what, and I'm pregnant for twins. Now, the good news is, is that he'll be off of probation in about a year, and uh, when that's over, he's going to get a job, but right now he's living with me because he doesn't really have a job, but he wants to be able to uh, get a job eventually, but until then, he's going to live with me, and we're going to raise these children the best way we know how, and I just thought you would want to know. And the mom and dad, their jaw like dropped to the floor, and they're like, oh. And then the daughter says, I want you to know that everything I said is not true, but I did get a D in chemistry and I wanted you to know it could have been a lot worse. (laughs) Folks, sometimes we simply need to thank God for what didn't happen. What didn't happen? Okay, I didn't meet the project deadline. I didn't get the bonus from my job. I didn't get the extra money that I was planning on. But I've still got my job. I still have money coming in. I still can make it. I just wrecked my car. Wrecked my car. Tore it up. I'm so upset. I'm ticked off. This is horrible. Now I'm going to have to pay all this money. How am I going to be able to do this? This doesn't make sense at all. This is horrible. Or nobody got hurt. I'm fine. The car's replaceable. I only have to pay my deductible and everything's going to be okay. I can't find God anywhere. I don't know where God's at. Why doesn't God love me? Why doesn't he care for me? Or God's with me. God's for me. He never walks away. It all is dependent upon how you frame it. Folks, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you choose to frame it. Now, we talked about... When something bad happens, what can we do? We can say, I can thank God for what? What's it? What I say? You remember? Come back, people. Come back. All you people out there, come back to what did we say? We said, I can what? What didn't happen, right? I can thank God for what didn't happen. Folks, sometimes we need to thank God for what didn't happen. Now, here's a second tool that you can practice as well in your story and relationship. And it's this. It is practice pre-framing. That you practice pre-framing. What I want to do is I'm going to choose my frame ahead of time before the event ever takes place. Instead of getting there and letting my kind of default filter or my default frame of being negative and critical and everything else take over, I'm actually going to pre-frame it before I actually get there. I'm going to choose ahead of time what I'm going to do, regardless of the situation. Now, 
I saw this transpire uh, last year during track season with my daughter, Jordan. Uh, Jordan ran track, and she ran the half mile, or the 800, which is two laps around the track. And she ran a, a time that was good enough that she actually made the middle school state track meet. Now, she was all excited, but she was seated 11th. There were about 30 girls. She was seated 11th, and only the top eight girls actually got a medal. And Jordan's very competitive. She wanted to get a medal, and she's on the outside looking in. And just before, two weeks before, she was going to run the event. She actually got quarantined because she was a close contact with another track person. And she's like, well, this isn't going to be good at all. This is going to be horrible. And she kind of became overwhelmed. And so we started practicing, and I said, well, Jordan, what we're going to do is we're going to run the first lap a little bit faster than we normally would. The second lap, we're going to hold on as much as we can, and God's going to be with you, God's going to be for you, and things will work out. And we're going to pre-frame how we're going to do this. Well, the practices went really well, and everything was going okay until the day before we were getting ready to go to the track meet. And as a 13-year-old, she started getting attitude. Sounds like you've experienced that before. Some of you are laughing. And she's like, I don't even know why we're wasting our time going down there. I mean, I'm not even going to be able to get a medal or anything. And it's going to be hot and it's not going to be good. And I'm only in the seventh grade and all the eighth graders have the times. And that's it, Dad. And I kept hearing this more and more. And I told Jen, I said, let's go down tonight. Let's spend the night. We're actually going to go to the track. I'm going to show her the track. I'm going to have her walk around a couple times, and we'll do that. We're going to pre-frame what everything's going to happen. So we get down to uh, Evansville, and we or Terre Haute, and we get there, and we're getting ready to uh, go around the track, and we did that a couple of times. And I pulled her aside, and I said, hey, Jordan, I said, uh, how many times do people have to run around the track for the 800? You know it's two, Dad. You know it's two. I said, okay. I said, well, we've been practicing. You're going to run the first lap pretty hard, and then uh, you're going to hang on for the second one the best you can. God's going to be with you. God's going to be for you. And that's it. Whatever. I said, well, a lot of things could happen in two laps, right? What do you mean, Dad? I mean, like someone could trip or fall, right? Someone could have run the mile and then they ran the 800 and, you know, they're tired. It's going to be very hot. So maybe they didn't do that. Or maybe they don't go out very fast and they don't have enough at the end. Well, I guess that. I guess that could happen. I said, so we don't know. Anything could happen. But tomorrow, Jordan, what I want you to know is this. I want you to do what we pre-planned. That you're going to run that first lap a little bit faster than you normally would. You're going to hang on for the second. I'm going to be cheering all along the way. And God is going to be with you and God's going to be for you. And so the day came for the meet. And Jordan woke up and she was very nervous. And they put on her a sticker with a number 11 saying, that's probably what place you're going to get. And I said, Jordan, don't look at the sticker. Just focus on what our plan is. We had pre-framed what it was going to be like. We're going to run that first lap uh, a little bit faster than we normally would. We're going to hang on for the second, and God is going to be with you. And Jordan took off, and she started running, and she stayed up with the first pack, and she was in fourth place. 
And she kept running and running and running until she finally got to the backstretch. And this girl passed her. And I was like, oh, is she going to be able to hang in? And she did. She hung in. She stayed all the way in. And she finished in fifth place. And she got a medal. And she was so excited. Now, why did Jordan do so well on that day? Because she had pre-framed in her head that no matter what else happens, this is what I'm going after and what she could do. Folks, every single one of us are going to face a race where it's going to be difficult and tough and we don't think we can make it. For some of you on the stream right now, you're at home facing COVID, you're quarantined, you're struggling with it. For some of you here, you're facing other tough situations. And when you're going through that, the key is not to focus in on what that is, but you pre-frame ahead of time and you say, God is good, God is with me, God can help me through any difficult situation. You cannot control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. So, what do we do? We said, first of all, what we're going to do is we're going to actually say we can always thank God for what didn't happen. Secondly, we can pre-frame the situation. And then a third tool I want to give to you is we're going to look for God's goodness. We're going to look for God's goodness. Now, here's a promise that I have for every single one of you, and it's this. If you try to look for the bad, you're going to find the bad. If you look for the negative, you're going to find the negative. If you try to find something to be critical of, you can pick any group, any organization, any person you want to, and you can criticize them in some way. Or you can actually say, I'm going to look For the good. And you will find good. If you look for good in people, you will find good in people. If you look to try to see where God is working, you will find where God is working. And if you do this, your attitude and your perspective and your spirit will actually change if you will let Jesus actually reframe your circumstances In your life. Folks, uh, reframing is basically this. This is the take home. Reframing is basically this. It's the difference between two birds. Take a vulture. Or a hummingbird. Okay, I don't really know what their face looks like. I just can't imagine a vulture is like ever smiling, okay? But what does a vulture look for? Dead stuff, carcasses, roadkill. Why? What does a hummingbird look for? Nectar. Sweet things. Why? Because that's what 
they're looking for. Folks, you will find what you are looking for. If you look for the goodness of God, you will find the goodness of God. If you look for problems, you will find problems. It's all dependent upon what you are looking for. And can you let Jesus reframe and determine the meaning? Folks, here's the problem with us and for every single person on the stream as well. So many of us see the bad because we're looking for the bad. But if you are looking for God, you will find God. You see, the mistake so many of us make is that we interpret God based upon our circumstances. We do something like this. We say, this is bad. And because this is bad, then God is bad. And we look at the circumstances and we're like, this is bad stuff, then God is bad. But we actually could interpret the world differently. Most people in the world, this is what they do. They look at the bad, they say God is bad. But we could turn it around and we could say rather than looking at our circumstances, we're actually going to look at the goodness of God, that God is good and God is with us and God is for us. And God will never walk away from us. No matter what the circumstance is, God will continually be good to you because he knows nothing else to do except to be good. He has goodness for you. And so the question becomes, will you focus solely on the bad of the circumstance or will you focus on the good of God? You choose how you frame it. Folks, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. And I pray that you might frame more and more on the goodness of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray right now that you might come And you would renew our minds. Help us to learn, God, how to reframe the circumstances that hit our life. You know, the reason, folks, that I'm teaching on this is because I need a better frame. I mean, sometimes my thinking can get so jacked up. And maybe you're sitting here today or you're on the stream... And the reality is you're, you're like, you know what, that's, that's my thing. I need a better frame. I need a better way of rather than just focusing on the circumstances, I really do need to reframe it differently and to look at the goodness of God. And today, if you're like, that's me, Chris. God, that's something I need you to help me with. If you just raise your hand and say, yep, that's me. I need a new frame. For those of you on the stream, you can just type in right now. I need a new frame. If that's you, just raise your hand and let me pray for you. God, help each person with a lifted hand to know that you are with them and for them.
God, help them to restructure their thoughts. Help them, God, to think differently, to reframe their thoughts in a totally different perspective. And when circumstances come or negative thoughts come, help them to capture every thought and make it obey Jesus Christ. I pray that you would do this for each person with a raised hand, for each person on the stream who's saying, I want a new frame. Would you do it for them, God? Give them the courage, the power, and the ability to do it. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can put your hands down. Now, maybe some of you right now, you're at a low place. You're like, I'm at a very low place in my life. And the reality is right now, it just feels dark. I feel like I'm in that lower corner of the picture. I'm just in a dark place. Well, if you're there right now, this is what I want you to know. That maybe you're there so that you can turn to the light. That Jesus Christ actually was named the light of the world. That he wants to have a relationship with each and every one of you. And he doesn't determine it based on your past or labels or lies that have been said. He determines because he loves you. You are his child. He thinks about you more than anything else in the world. And he wants a relationship with you. And because of his great love for you, he not only left heaven to come to earth, but he died on a cross so that he would take on all of your sins so that you would not have to carry any more lies or labels and you could reframe your life in a new way of knowing that God is with me and for me. And three days later, he rose again so that you could have life with him for eternity. And if today's your day where you're like, I want that in my life. I need his grace. I need his love. I need his second chance. I need a new beginning in my life. If today's the day where you're like, I want to recommit my life to him, I'm going to invite you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that you say by yourself, but it's a prayer that we say here together in one voice. And so I invite you to simply bow your head, close your eyes, and if you feel comfortable, to repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father... I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Reframe my mind with your truth. Teach me your ways. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray.